Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the good news, here's Angie. Hey there, Angie Austin here. Hello, friend. Hope you're having a great day. I've been traveling a lot, but I always make sure you have fresh shows, fresh interviews while I'm gone. So you have some, uh, you know, new people to listen to. I hope you've enjoyed those programs. I've been back this most of this week and just wanted to say thank you to my colleagues at Crawford Broadcasting. They sent me a package for my birthday, which I'm sure Charlene was in charge of. And I don't go into the studio very often anymore. And I used to bring just like a whole posse of good news gals and friends and guests. And so they would come through and everyone would get to see them every week and you know so I brought a lot of life and energy into the studio not me per se but I have a lot of really great friends and guests that would come through and over the years over 10 years now I've done the show so many people have made connections. I love doing that, connecting people that I think will be a bene- the relationship will be bene- mutually beneficial. And so I love to do that. So thank you to my friends at Crawford for uh, sending, uh, you know, books and the card that was, I mean, beyond thoughtful of you. Um, so thank you all so much for that. Uh, let's see. I want to talk to you about a couple of things today. Um, some rituals, I think, which will make your day better. And it is uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I've got something specific to focus on there. I've got a friend actually in surgery right now. So get those mammograms done. Okay, get in there, you know, take care of yourself. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about something unique we did um, when we went to Florida. I already told you that we did kind of a bucket list trip for the grandparents. So we brought uh, three grandparents in their 80s. Um, you know, there's there's some complications there that, I wouldn't say complication. What would I call it? Um, you have to make um, s- some, some. Uh, I don't want to embarrass the grandparents, but like, for instance, my mom, she, she doesn't, she's not a good walker. So uh, we have to figure out like how to get her into the boat. Grandpa can get in the boat, no problem. But the grandmas, that, that was an issue. But my mom doesn't weigh that much anymore. So we can just heft her up and kind of toss her in. I mean, not like throw her in, but you know, lift her in. And then uh, more bathroom breaks, for instance. So you can't go out deep sea fishing in the ocean for hours, things like that. So uh, let's say special concessions. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's not a hassle. You just have to make sure that you take good care of them, right? And they had a blast. So I didn't mind taking good care of them. And they spoiled us rotten with all the cooking and everything. So again, mutually beneficial. All right. So let's talk about um, one thing that, well, two things we did. Disney World, which ended up being a complete disappointment. Here's why. You know, I love Disney World. I've gone a bazillion times. I was taking the girls. My husband and son ended up going and it's really not their cup of tea. Epcot was really pretty cool. I love the whole, you know, fall um, food and wine festival, different um, foods from all around the world that you can taste, test, try, blah, blah, blah. That was great. But you don't get on many rides. And now they, instead of Fast Pass, which was free, they have this Genie Pass that you have to pay like 20 bucks a person for. And then you can get Lightning Passes that you can pay for an individual ride. So you pay even more. So last time I went, I paid like 60 bucks per person more just to get on to rides that we wanted to get on. Well, this time the Genie Pass didn't even work. I mean, they were like, a lot of them were gone by the time we even got to the park. So you're spending $100 uh, for a family of five extra. And that's over, you know, like maybe the tickets are a grand for the day anyway. So you spend that and then you get lightning passes, maybe another hundred or more. And we only got under one good ride at Animal Kingdom. One. 
And then the, one of the rides that I wanted to go on had a 195 minute wait. So I like message one of the customer service people and say like, hey, you know, I bought these genie passes and they're like sold out per se, like the rides once the genie pass comes up in the morning. People who are staying at the resort, I guess they get first preference or something of the sort and they can sign up. And so a lot of us get shut out for something we're paying extra for to get on a ride. So the customer service person writes to me and says, oh, well, you can wait in line. You can still wait in line for the ride. You think I'm not aware that I can go sit for 195 minutes and wait in line for the ride that I paid an extra 20 bucks per person, so an extra $100, uh, just to, to be able to get a fast pass per se. It's called the Genie Pass. First of all, it's all too confusing. If you don't know the system, it's not going to work. I'm completely savvy. I've I've like gone so many times. I knew how to do all the fast passes, get here, get there, and we never had to wait in a line. It was a nightmare this time. We left after four hours, which, you know, if you're a Disney person, we stayed from like 10 till 2. I went to customer service on the way out and I said, this is not working. Like, you're really ripping off working class families or upper middle class, whatever we are, who can even afford to go there anymore, right? So anyway, to make a long story short, uh, they refunded me for the Genie Pass money for the two days because we really didn't get on any rides. And they did offer to let me go on to the really great rides we wanted to get on. And I said, you know what, we're, we're just wiped out. We're, gonna, we're leaving so I kind of wasted that ticket that last day for our family of five. So I'm kind of done. Okay, so what's the good news? The good news is then I researched things that were like cool and easier and really neat. And we found this guy, Gerald. He is a gladesman who is one of the few people that lives full-time. He says the only person that lives full-time in one of these fish camps in the Everglades. It's a man-made island that he built. And then every time the water goes down, he wheelbarrows in more dirt and puts it down. Hardcore Republican had his DeSantis flag up his u.s flag up like he loves our country and he's in his 80s he's fighting cancer right now and he's taking my family out on his airboat i didn't even know he was sick that day i didn't know he was in the midst of treatments he picks us up we get in the airboat he gives us a tour he takes us to a plane um, wreck that he said was what he believes to have been like drug dealers who in the 70s had crashed their plane because why would you be doing touch and goes in the Everglades in the 70s? They were all these roads dead ended into the Everglades. They didn't have major thoroughfares through the area like they do now. And um, and they crashed and that crash was still there. He showed us like um, government and state testing sites where they were doing experiments and testing on plants and things like that. And they just left it. He said, I've called over the last 20 years and said, are you going to come pick up all your junk? Like they're supposed to pick up all the rotten wood and the holding tanks and all the testing stuff. And it's all just sitting there still. And then he took us to his camp where he has a special permit to rescue these turtle eggs that he has on his island. He has hatched in the last 14 years, I believe it is, over 11,000 turtles that he saved. And he brings Boy Scouts there. They um, He's brought the Real Housewives there. They've done, you know, um, filming of different shows there. And um, he he does a lot of nonprofit stuff. He A SWAT team recently came out there with helicopters and did a bunch of training. He says he'll do anything for law enforcement. Uh, he'll do anything for, um, for you know, kids. And that it, 
he's got his own alligators, basically, that are kind of pet alligators because they just live there by his island. His own fish tank where he can fish, where I guess he feeds some dog food or something. I couldn't figure out what he was throwing in the water. Anyway, what I loved about that is he's a true gladesman. He taught us so much about the Everglades. It was such a wonderful experience. Yes, it was like a day of Disney because you're kind of donating to what he does. So it wasn't like inexpensive, but it was just a better use of our money, I felt, to, you know, to back what he does. So anyway, I found that to be a really neat learning experience. I had a lot more to tell you today, but I'm out of time because I've just gabbed all about all these things. So let's change gears here rather abruptly, shall we? This is an important topic. Uh, Joining us, we are welcoming to the program Dr. Pamela Habib and Dr. David Schacht. We are talking breast cancer awareness because it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And specifically, what women need to know about breast density. Uh, They are experts in the area. Dr. Pamela Habib, head of U.S. Medical Affairs, Bear Radiology, and Dr. David Schacht, breast radiologist at Northwestern's Lynn Sage Breast Cancer at Prentice Women's Hospital. In a sponsored interview, welcome to both of you and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. All right, doctor. So what is breast density and how does it impact breast cancer risk? That's a great question, Angie. Um, And breast density is really something that we don't know um, how dense a woman's breasts are until a mammogram is done. So a lot of women think that they might be able to feel whether they're dense, the breasts are dense or not, but it's really actually identified on that first mammogram. And what we can see on a mammogram is how much of what we call fatty tissue there is and how much dense tissue there is. And all women are different and have different mixtures of the two types of tissue. Um, But the more dense tissue there is, uh, the more difficult it can be to identify cancers on a mammogram because the dense tissue appears white and the tumors appear white. Um, And additionally, women that have dense breasts have an underlying increased risk of developing breast cancer up to four to six times more than women without dense breasts, if you compare that highest density category to the lowest. So um, those are two kind of factors, why reasons why this uh, concept is important, but it's also important to know that this is a normal finding. Um, nearly half of all women aged 40 or over are told that they have dense breasts. So it's not something that should create alarm. It's just something that should uh, create additional conversation with your healthcare provider to see if additional screening might be necessary. So for women with dense breasts, you can't just like look at them and know, you know, mammograms are necessary to detect breast cancer and breast density, right? You just can't, you just can't look at someone and know, right? Yeah, it's a great question, Angie, and, and one that there's just so much work been done on in the last um, few decades because, you know, we know across all types of breast density, be that high or low breast density, um, mammograms have been shown in the best kind of medical studies called randomized controlled trials um, to save women's lives. So at baseline, we know mammograms work well, but we also know from additional studies, they really don't work quite as well um, in the women with high breast density because sometimes cancer can just be masked by that high breast density. And that's really when um, it's appropriate for patients to start having conversations with their doctors about potentially additional tests beyond mammograms to detect that uh, fraction of, you know, potentially up to 40% of cancers in women with dense breasts that might not be seen on a mammogram and maybe could be detected on an additional test such as a breast MRI or a breast ultrasound. So if a mammogram shows dense breasts, what questions should a woman ask her healthcare provider? It's great to have an open conversation with your healthcare provider. If your if your letter says that you have dense breasts or if you receive a phone call saying you have dense breasts, 
um, because it's not one clear cut answer for all women of whether they have it or not and whether they should receive additional screening or not. Um, there are a lot of factors involved. So it, it would be good to speak with your healthcare provider ask, and ask questions such as, how dense are my breasts and um, what does this mean for my personal breast cancer risk? And um, engaging in that conversation uh, can allow your healthcare provider to also ask questions about other risk factors that you might have, um, family history, for example, and then ultimately using all of that information. So risk factors, the density, the findings on the mammogram, your healthcare provider and yourself can come to a, uh, a determination of whether a supplemental screening beyond the annual mammogram may be right for you. Excellent information. Thank you so much, doctors. Where can we go for more information? Yeah, absolutely. There's a, a website, densebreastresources.com, and that has a lot of good information on breast density and tips about talking to your doctor um, and just how breast density can affect breast cancer screening needs. Um, so I'd say that's a good place to start to gather additional information. All right. Thank you. And again, uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So do what you need to do to stay healthy. Thanks, Angie. Thank you. Lyman is listening to the Mighty 670 KLT Denver. When you shop at your local ARC, your hard-earned money directly supports individuals with disabilities. 80% of people with intellectual disabilities are unemployed. And at ARC thrift stores, approximately 20% of employees are individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Well, anytime I'm having a bad day, I'll suddenly get a call from someone. And, you know, how can you have a bad day when someone thinks that They've got the best job in the world, hanging up clothes in a thrift store. It's pretty special. People don't get it if they don't come into the store. We try and showcase it on our social channels. It's important to us. When you see somebody get their paycheck and they have a disability, they will stand at their cash register and tell everyone, I got a paycheck. I'm a real person. Like, brings it all home. ARC is a company that lives and breathes its mission, going above and beyond to create a space of inclusivity, morale, and culture. Find the nearest location at 670kltt.com. Angie Austin here with the good news along with Michelle Ron. And normally Beatrice Bruno joins us, but she's always up for a new endeavor. And apparently she is working with people as with her drill sergeant skills. And she has her first fitness client that she's working with right now. Michelle, how cool is that? Yay, did you, did you know? Perfect. Perfect. She would be, uh, oh my goodness, she'd be fabulous with that. So good for her. Hey, there's something I think you'd get a kick out of. My cousin is doing it, and I'm going to pull it up here. It is called, okay. um, oh, and I, I, I pulled on the website. I was talking to Dr. Royson about the 10,000 steps. He says it's the equivalent to 8,000 steps a day that we should be doing. And he said hmm. that um, with that said, um, with the 8,000 steps, it can be co- um, uh, equivalent. So you can get an app or you can Google like um, gardened for an hour, and that will also mm-hmm. count and cleaning the house for an hour, and that'll also count. I carry my phone around with me because that counts my steps. And my cousin, who just retired, um, she's around 60 from her uh, hospital job. She worked in a children's hospital as as the pastor for, you know, families and their sick children, which is very emotionally a a lot. And uh, 
right. she wanted she had gained some weight, wanted to lose some weight uh, after she retired. So she started the Conqueror Challenges. And so you hmm. can like hike um, the Grand Canyon. You can hike Mount Everest, <laughs> but you do it virtually and then you oh. log your miles. And I guess you get some sort of medal or something. I don't know if you pay really? to be okay. part of this. Yeah, but I'm looking into it, the Conqueror Challenges. And then I'll sign up for some specific, you know, um, goal or something and maybe put it on Facebook. And it's so virtual. we could Yes. Yeah, so we could hike huh. um, like the Camino del Santiago. Del Rey. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. These, these uh, famous hikes that people take or um, up, up the Pacific co- coast. Uh, uh-huh. um, these trails that maybe I'm a little um, old or busy with kids to to do at this point. <laughs> Uh, you can do these um, virtually, and then you get like a little medal. But I like the idea of a goal. Oh, I I work so. That's the only way I can work is with a goal. Otherwise, I don't. I just put put it off. I don't do it. And if I have a goal, it makes it just incites me to go ahead and work towards it. So I'm all for that. I think they're great ideas. Oh, Pacific Crest Trail. That's the one I was trying to think of. That's 2485, 2485. Okay. Uh, the length of the UK, which is around 1000 and the Camino del Santiago, which is 480 miles, which a lot of people, you know, do. But there are some religious trails. There are some like um, the from the Alps to the ocean. It's only 100 180, huh. but you can, you know, sign up for, oh, the Florida Keys. Mm, oh, there like you fun. go. <laughs> we love the birds down there. That's one you and I uh-huh. could do. It's 125 miles. So, and let's say we do 8,000 a day. Do you have a goal when you do your steps? You know, I have just started counting the steps and I, re- my daughter showed me how to, using the phone, you know, how to do that. My, my steps <laughs> are not as many as I should be doing, but I, but because I'm walking slower and I have some problems and so forth. But the fact is that I'm walking and I just count that as a really good thing. Yes. And you've kept your weight down uh, a lot since you had your heart attack in your fifties. You've really stayed uh, lighter. Well, thanks. It's, it will always be something I have to have to work at, but the walking, the walking is good. And I, I was finding that the less that I walked, the worse that I felt. And it's my legs that are the problem. And so I, the doctor said, you know, you need to get out and walk. And so I did. And it truly has helped. It has helped a lot. So, yeah, awesome. I'll go after it. All right. One funny thing that you always say about your husband that I always forget. And every time yeah. you say it, it makes me laugh. I was in Florida and you, you yeah. were a teacher, a lot of teachers in your family, you know, so you, you weren't buying a lot of Rolls Royces, et cetera. But you like to spend money <laughs> and Bob saves and you were able to buy a five bedroom second home in Florida because Bob's such a good saver. And what did you say about you and Bob and money that always makes me laugh? <laughs> Oh, about, you mean about putting a $10 bill in my palm? Yes. Is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah. Well, I've always said for ever and ever, if you put a $10 bill in my hand, it will be gone in five minutes, and I have no idea where it went, but I had a great time. If you put a $10 bill in Bob's hand, it will be there six months down the road or a year down the road and with interest. It's good. (laughs) With compound interest and a five-bedroom house in Florida. Well, and I'm thankful he does that because we would never have anything if it weren't for his savings. So, you know, God is good. He puts us with 
people who are very different and and it works. Yes. And uh, I was just (laughs) down in Florida and I was trying to remember that to tell my husband because there were so many, you know, beautiful (laughs) homes down there. Okay. Every week you have a word of the week. We've missed so much time because you went, you were Miss Senior America uh, 2004 and you went Mm -hmm. out for the big uh, Senior America. Um, You know, you you perform, you do dances, et cetera. Sing, I should say as well, because that's your your big thing. And so you've been traveling and then you went to Greece and was it Croatia? Right. You, you've been, you've yeah, been all yeah. over. The Santorini was my favorite, right? Oh, uh-huh. So you're back, and I'm back. And I'm back. Yeah. I was in Florida for two and, weeks. Yes, and your home that you stayed in looked absolutely gorgeous too. Oh, what a goodness. fun thing! Yeah, I could. I didn't realize that area, Fort Lauderdale, with all those canals. I mean, those homes uh-huh. are like five, ten, fifteen, twenty-five, thirty million dollars. And when you take your fishing right. boat, because we rented a fishing boat, because Hope must have caught like you know twenty-nine right. fish or something. Um, wow. Yeah, she's she's quite. I call it glamour fishing because she's in her dress, she's in a swimsuit, she's in <laughs> shorts and a beautiful top. She's got her hair done. She's in full makeup. It's glamour. Glamour fishing. Anyway. It sounds good to me. Hey, yeah. It's good for her. Fishing. Anyway, so we um we would drive by these homes and I would Zillow them, mm-hmm. you know, and like 17 sure. bathrooms, you know, eight bedrooms, uh, indoor, right. you know, for whatever court. Uh, but uh, yep. I didn't know there's that much money down there. But the home we stayed in was outstanding. And uh, it was wonderful to take the three grandparents on a bucket list trip. And take mm-hmm. them grandpa fishing, and uh, grandma had the best time singing Sweet Caroline with her granddaughters oh. after a couple of <laughs> uh, pineapple that. martinis. I mean, we had yeah. a blast with them. So I, I have zero complaints. So, yes, yeah, so we're back. And so now we have a word of the week after several weeks of not having one. And the word is... Right. The word is rubble. Rubble. All right. Rubble. Yes, it is. And it comes because of my interest in following. I'm engrossed in the Florida cleanup from Eon. And um, I have you. You were on Fort Lauderdale sign, but I do have side. But I do have good, good dear friends who have a home on Sanibel. And to this day, they're not able to see if it's still standing or whatever it is, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just so hard to watch. And so when you watch the TV on this, you see that there's a whole lot of rubble just sitting outside these buildings that have been decimated and the rubble is on the sidewalk or the street or whatever. And it's piled there because it had to be removed to restore the building. And, you know, as hard as that is to let, well, there's no choice but to let go of all of that rubble. I thought to myself, you know, gosh, in the book of Nehemiah, which is the last book in the Old Testament, um, it right there, it, he tells us there's too much rubble. And in our own lives, we need to examine to see if we're dealing with it. And, you know, you might call it clutter, although I kind of... I, I don't quite agree because I, my house is not clean, but it's not cluttered because I don't like clutter. Mm-hmm. So I can hide that stuff. I can do it. But rubble is stuff that just literally has to go. Um, it has, has to be put aside in order to build the building up again and inside of us in order to find God and to, to listen to what he's really saying because it gets in the way. So I honestly have been thinking, you know, what's inside? of me that needs to go. Um, 
you know, I feel that I'm doing fine, but is there something that is inside? And, and the person that I need to ask is my Lord and Savior. So it could be spiritual. It could be relational rubble. Maybe um, those out in the audience that are listening, you've tried to get rid of it, as I have, but it didn't seem to work. And that's because we're doing it on our own. There's mm-hmm. nothing that we can do on our own. And so I've really, this these last two years, and of course, it has a lot to do with the fact that I am experienced in my age. <laughs> and, and you know, I, every day is a gift. Every moment is a gift. And so my, my point is I've been trying to take things that make me anxious or make me question and lay it at the cross. And then just, Jesus, I give this to you. Help me to completely surrender because, I, you know, I try to take it back. I'm a person who's in charge, and so two minutes later, I'm taking back that thought, and no, 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 Satan is uh, trying to get me to do that, but Lord and Savior, Jesus, you take it. I'm going to leave it at the cross, and then I'm going to smile, and then I'm going to say, I trust you completely, and then I'm going to try my hardest to live that way, and I just, I just feel that when we take ownership and responsibility for the rubble and then we give it to Jesus, he's going to take it. I know he is. I mean, I, I do trust that. My my problem is that I try to take it back and solve the problem. But no, I'm constantly saying, Jesus, take this from me. Let me help, help me to surrender it completely. And what is it, the rubble? What is the rubble that's inside of me that you want me to rid rid of? What is it that's not helping me further your kingdom? Because you have me here for a reason. I know that completely. There's no coincidence that I'm living. What is it you want me to do and get rid of it? So anyway, that's my word for the day. Ta-da! So the so the, the rubble um, for you, mm-hmm. you're, you want us to examine is something in our lives that we know isn't serving us well, something we're doing or a rut we've gotten into that we ask for the Lord's help in getting rid of this issue, this rubble in our lives. Is that right? It's it's the rubble to me, and and I'm much better of a, as a visual person. And when I see the rubble that the Florida people are leaving, they're cleaning out that whole area. They have to clean out that house and place that rubble visually on the sidewalk, and it's gone because they cannot continue to build the house again because the rubble's in the way. So uh-huh. my my thought is. What's inside of me, Jesus, that is in the way of pursuing your kingdom, of pursuing you? I mean, it's just it's just a visual for me, and I have to have a visual. So. No, I like that. I like the idea of what's in the way um, in my life that's keeping mm-hmm. me from pursuing you, because it may be multiple things that you know we can ask right. the Lord to help us with. You know, um, not going to church enough, not. Uh, you know, sleeping too much, napping too much, feeling down and not doing anything about it, bad health and not mm-hmm. making an effort to, I was just with my in-laws and they were talking about how they didn't 
catch it in time in terms of grandma who's close to 80 Mm -hmm. uh, my mother-in-law she's having difficulties where they're walking and she's really ticked because he's you know gone to the gym she doesn't like going to the gym well now she's going to try to start Mm -hmm. walking but you know uh you know they wish she wishes maybe she would have done something sooner so let's get to the rubble Mm -hmm. now michelle Mm -hmm. com, and that's r-a-h-n if you want uh, michelle to speak uh she is an excellent speaker and she uh just needs a little gas money you know to help her get around all these locations she goes to. Thank She's you. very reasonable and a wonderful speaker. Thank you, my friend. It was great having Thank you on. Thank you. It was an honor. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM 670 KLTT.